Hey friends, happy Magical Monday. I'm Courtney. And I'm TJ. And this is another episode of the Wish Upon a Sparks podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, we're so excited that you're here today. Um, if you're listening to this on Magical Monday, it's also Halloween. Ooh. Super spooky. Spooky. And we're recording this on <laughs> Halloween Eve. Yes. Um, this week we are super excited. Well, I don't know if TJ's excited, but I'm, I'm excited. really excited um, because we are talking about Hocus Pocus 2. If you missed it last week, um, we talked about the first Hocus Pocus. So, yeah, we're excited to just do continue on our journey of talking about the Hocus Pocus world. Yeah, it was really fun to watch it. Um, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Well, Courtney hyped it up a lot, so I'll take that back. I thought it was going to be awful, and then she watched it a couple weeks ago or a week ago, and um, she hyped it up. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then it wasn't quite great, but it was solid. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was good. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would like initially. Like when I first saw the advertisements for it and stuff, I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. Yeah. You also don't like change, and you're like a original person through and through so like yeah. i just think you don't like sequels in general i don't like sequels in general i um i definitely um i definitely enjoy the original content like any episodes of any shows i typically like the first three to four seasons um i don't like the latter season i don't like things to end i don't like things to change um and i also am nostalgic so i like the old yeah. stuff so you do i do i love the 90s nostalgia of the uh the, the first, first movie one? yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we can get into that more later. Do you want to go ahead and kick us off with a plot summary? Yes. Here we go. Okay. Plot summary. In 1653 in Salem, a young Winifred Sanderson is banished from Salem by Reverend Trask after she defied the authority of the church by refusing to marry John Pritchett. Rather than let her sisters Mary and Sarah be taken away from her, Winifred escapes with them to a nearby forbidden forest. There they make the acquaintance of Mother of a mother witch who gifts Winifred her magic book for her 16th birthday, but explicitly warns the sisters against casting a spell known as the um, Magica Maxima, which makes the user all-powerful. Mother Witch also teaches the sisters to kill other children to keep their youthfulness. In 2022... Oh, sorry. That's your next line. I'm sorry. I got caught up reading it. <laughs> I mean, you can keep going <laughs> no, if you, you want. you got it. Go. <laughs> In 2022, 29 years after the Sanderson sisters were resurrected by the Black Flame Candle, Salem teenagers Becca and Izzy prepare to celebrate both Halloween and Becca's 16th birthday, but turn down a party invitation from their estranged friend Cassie Trask. Becky or Becky, I can't. Becca and Izzy visit a magic shop, which um, you can tell is like was the former Sanderson Cottage, um, and it's run by this guy named Gilbert. He likes to call himself Gilbert the Great. Um, and he gifts Becca a candle for their annual birthday ritual. Becca and Izzy light the candle and discover that it is another black flame candle. As there is a full moon and the girls are both virgins, the candle resurrects the Sanderson sisters once again. The girls manage to outwit the sisters in a local Walgreens and then escape to the magic shop where they discover that Gilbert tricked them into reviving the sisters. Having seen them on Halloween back in 1993, 
and been taught how to make the candle by book. The sisters catch up to the girls and see a, a campaign flyer belonging to Mayor Jeffrey Trask, Cassie's father and Reverend Trask's long descendant. Um, Winifred um, decides they will cast the uh, Magicka Maxima spell to eliminate Trask and take revenge on Salem. The sisters trap Izzy and Becca in the basement and leave to hunt down Trask, whose blood is needed to complete the spell. Um, they force Gilbert to collect the other ingredients. The girls escape and head to the Trask house to warn the mayor while the sisters find their way to the town's Halloween carnival and enchant the citizens to help them find the mayor. Meanwhile, Gilbert digs up Billy Butcherson, who has been awake but entombed since 1993. Poor guy. <laughs> um, Gilbert needs Billy's head for the spell, but tricks Billy into helping him collect the other ingredients first. Yes. The girls reunite with Cassie and manage to trap the sisters with an assault circle in Cassie's garage before Mayor Trask returns home. The three teenagers make amends with one another, but their reunion is interrupted when the sisters escape the circle and kidnapped Cassie to use her blood instead. Becca and Izzy follow them to the Forbidden Forest where Gilbert has assembled the ingredients and soon discovers that Becca is also a witch. The sisters partially cast a spell and increase their power, but Becca distracts them while Izzy rescues Cassie. Becca manages to convince Book that it does not have to answer to Winifred, and Becca and Book flee further into the forest. Book shows them a warning about the Magicka Maxima spell, stating that whoever cast it must give up what they cherish the most. The girls agree to warn Winifred of the price of the spell, but are too late. Winifred becomes all-powerful as Mary and Sarah fade into dust. Really sad. Yes. Um, Winifred grows despondent? Yes. Okay. She grows despondent and begs the teenagers to use their newfound powers to save her sisters. While they cannot save the two, Becca, Cassie, and Izzy join together in a coven and cast a reuniting spell, and Winifred happily fades away to be reunited with her sisters. Yes. Then the girls are joined by Gilbert and Billy while Billy starts to fade away, realizing that all of Winifred's spells have been undone and relieved to finally be headed to his eternal rest. The girls decide to give Book a new home and continue practicing their magic as they walk off into the night in a similar manner as the Sanderson sisters. As they leave, a crow identical to the one that Mother Witch had shapeshifted into flies overhead. And, and then there's an end credit scene. There is an end credit scene where you see a black cat who's a may or may not be Binks. It's not Binks. Looks a lot like Binks. Yes. But he's like in the magic shop and hops up next to this box that says BF candle number two. So it's a second black flame candle I'm assuming that Gilbert made. He made two candles. He yeah. made two candles. Yeah. So there might be another one coming might in the future. Might be another one coming. This could turn into a whole Pirates of the Caribbean situation. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this was a good place for them to like, I don't think there needs to be any more Hocus Pocuses. No, but they but could definitely go down the pathway with Becca and her friends if they wanted to. Yeah. They definitely left the door open. Yeah, which is always nice because, I mean, yeah. 20 years from now, someone might, like, because that's the cool thing about, like, um, some sequels, like, really creative people exist and they could be like, I oh, mean, dude, let's, like, come up with a, like, a brand this, new version of it. Yeah, so, like, the first movie literally released in 1993, this one released in 2022, it's 29 years apart, like, in 29 more years, they could release a third one and it could be really epic. You just never know what kind of creative people are going to come around and, like... Dang, 1993 was 29 years ago. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 
wild. I wasn't alive 29 years ago. <laughs> I know. I was. You barely. Were. Just barely. I was I two. I was not. I was two. Um, what were your initial thoughts on this movie? Um, on this movie, I really liked it. I think they did a good job of like making it its own, but also doing a lot of callbacks to the original. Yeah, I love what the what, one of the main things that I really appreciated is the Sanderson sisters had been re resurrected into 1993, and they were like very shocked by the modern things, like the the Black Sea Road. They were like, how oh, can we step on the Black River? But then oh, there was yeah. new technological advances since 1993, and they did a good job of showing them be really shocked. By yeah, them. like the automatic doors. They Which we had like, automatic doors in 1993, but not every building had them. Like, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't alive. Like every building now has automatic doors. Oh yeah, like most um, of them. The uh, the Roombas, the one sister, Mary oh, riding the Oh, I thought that was hilarious. That was Which, by the way, hilarious. we didn't. They didn't really touch on this in the plot summary, but that's how they get out of the salt circle. Is the Roombas? She like calls the Roombas over and they vacuum up the salt circle, and yeah. they get out, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, I thought they did a good job with that. Um, I always love the callback to like the Sanderson sisters walking around, like the real Sanderson sisters, and people are like, "Oh, you're the Sanderson sisters!" <laughs> oh, it's such and a great. And it's like, yeah, they don't know that they're the real Sanderson sisters. They just think that they're like people dressed up as them, like because everyone in Salem dresses up like the Sanderson sisters for Halloween. They do. We also discussed this when we watched the first one and this one. I don't know if we touched on it on the uh, other episode, but like, I just really love. Like, I I almost wish that like our town got into Halloween as much as that town. Not in like an evil way, but like just the fun behind it. Like dressing like up. Like going to a town carnival. Yes. Oh my gosh. That would probably be so much fun. Like fellowshipping with your friends, um, putting on costumes, eating candy, making fun cocktails, right? Like making fun fall cocktails, like eating, apple cider and bourbon, eating stuff like, like that. Like the candy apple person. Like I the just think that would be stuff. so much fun. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Jacksonville has stuff like that. Like Jacksonville, like downtown right now is decorated for Halloween, which I, I will say our city does a good job of decorating downtown. Um, it just is like there's not a whole lot of people that like are like woohoo downtown let's go like they could almost do like a carnival like it could be like more urban they could do like a, a carnival downtown with like booths and stuff that'd be so cool like down Main Street or down not Main Street well you could do it down Main Street you could do like Eighth Street would be yeah. cool you could do it down um, I guess we don't really take advantage of it but like Orange Park always does a fall festival Orange Park is a fantastic fall festival we've never uh, gone but maybe no. we should go I will say this uh, I'm a I'm a person that I grew up in the country and I. I definitely have a redneck side, um, yeah. a country boy side, but for the most part, like I love urban things. Like I love cities, right? Like I love, yeah. like I went with Bank of America. I went and worked downtown. I kept texting Courtney all day long about how awesome it was just to like be downtown and like yeah. lunch downtown. It was awesome. Um, but like, I just love urban cities and stuff like that. But I will say like country people, like people that live out in like, like the far counties of, you know, especially in the South, they do fall festivals and like fall celebrations really well. Like the carnivals, the fairs, they're yeah. always just so wholesome and so fun. It's just a lot of people walking around just celebrating like the fall and the good weather and like, you know, yeah. having a beer, taking a load off. And it's, it's just really fun. I think the Southern people and country people in general do a really good job of just celebrating fall and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like the Clay County Fair is always so much fun. Fun. Yeah, but it's not during fall. I know it's not. I'm just saying. Like a fall festival, um, I just love like the old, you know, straw hat thought. Like, you know, you're sitting on a bale of hay doing it. Oh, remember when we did the hay ride in our house that one time? That was so fun. Yeah. We used to live in a little bit more of a... We still kind of live in the country, but like we used not to... Not really. We now we live in a... We have neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> we had neighbors then. They were just Yours acres really away from us. really far away. But we used to have a lot of woods and stuff. And so one time we had a... Um, Almost like a fall festival style hangout at Very our house. Small. Very small, but like um, TJ, 
hooked like a little trailer with hay on it. It was like a flatbed trailer. Yeah, we put a bunch of hay on it. To his truck and like drove people around. We went around the, yeah, it was a really big hit. Everyone's yards. It. it was kind of wild. Yeah. Well, we talked to all the neighbors. there's a lot of like brush and stuff. Yeah. And no. hills and like dirt piles and you just... It's and like a roller coaster. Like a a redneck roller yeah, coaster. It was really fun. It was, it's funny though. Um, our first house that we lived in, like I wouldn't want to move back there, but um, it was really out in the country. I, I think that we were really yeah. blessed as a young couple to be able to live in the place we lived. We didn't have to do the whole apartment thing. We didn't have to do the whole no. young married couple in a one bedroom apartment. Thank we, God. we lived on my parents' property and um, we still paid rent. Don't think that we you know, didn't pay rent. We paid rent. But um, yeah. we lived in this little three bedroom, two, two bath house on my dad's property out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, actually, not far from where we live now, honestly, on uh, three acres of land. And it was an awesome way to like spend the first two years of marriage, honestly. The first three years of marriage, actually. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, this is a it was a time. <laughs> Cordy didn't like it as much as I did. No, it was just small. And the house, there the wasn't house a lot was of, super tiny. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. wasn't a lot of closet space, and we have a lot of stuff. We and do. It just was a little animals, crowded. And the yard wasn't fenced in, right? So letting the dogs outside was a uh, was you had to constantly supervise them. Now you can. We have a big fenced in backyard. We should let them out. It's like way better. Yeah, it's super nice. Yeah, let's get back to this movie because oh, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm spiraling quickly here. I'm reminiscing our old the, yeah. good, old, the good old days. I'm just kidding. No, we love our house we live in now. We really do. Last thing. I think my favorite place in the world is our house. Like being home. I just oh, love it. yeah. It's so great. It's like, like a little oasis. It's like a little oasis away from the world. And our house is small, but it's just like, I don't know. I love it. Okay. <sighs> favorite character. Oh, let me pull up the character. I already list. know mine. I can go first. Okay, you go. I actually really liked Becca and I really liked Cassie. Her, like her, her estranged friend. I liked yeah. them both a lot. I really did. I thought I liked Becca a lot. I like the whole trio of them, though. I'm blanking on the other girl's name, but the whole trio Izzy? of them. Izzy, yeah, Izzy was fun. Like, they were really cool. Like, they weren't annoying at all as teenagers. Like, they were really cool. They thought they were really quick on their feet. Like, they thought of really good things. Um, Becca, Izzy, and I'd say the three together, honestly. Becca, Izzy, and Cassie. I really yeah. liked them. They were fun. Um, I also always love Sarah. I think Sarah is hilarious. She's hysterical. She's, even through this movie, um, I think she was my. I always said that she was our favorite in the first movie. She's she, still my favorite in the second movie. She's still really goofy. She's, she's more goofy hilarious. in the first movie. Though. She's like way more goofy in the first movie. Uh, yeah, but she's still goofy in the second one. But Sarah's great. I love Sarah. She's yeah. awesome. I agree. I really liked the mayor. Oh, dude, I forgot about him. <laughs> He is so funny. He just really wants his candy apple the whole time. Poor guy doesn't get it. Has to settle for some soggy, not good Walgreens candy apple. Like, poor guy. (laughs) I'm sorry to say this because this this is going to affect you when I get older. But there is something to me that is so wholesome and just so awesome about dads that are like, you know, in their 40s and 50s and they're just like super wholesome like i just love it yeah like when they're just like you know they've are like they've got a family now and like they really don't he's just so wholesome man like he just doesn't he doesn't yeah. care about you know all that kind of stuff like he finds out that uh cassie's throwing a house party and he's just like it's <gasps> <sighs> so funny hold he, my place in line I'm hold going. my place in line. My daughter, he's like i gotta go my daughter's about to ruin her future <laughs> yeah literally yeah. It's like it's a house party it's really not that serious but like <laughs> i love dads like that i wouldn't be i don't think i'll be a dad like that but like it's so funny to me yeah it's just hilarious no but i liked him a lot he was really funny too yeah i also think that um billy Butcherson in this movie was really I like Billy. Really funny. He was funny. He was kind of like a almost like a not a secondary but maybe like one past secondary character. 
Yeah, I would say in he's the first a, movie. Oh, in the first movie, he wasn't quite a secondary. He was like yeah. a, he was a nice. He was just kind of there. He was like a funny like side road. But in this movie, yeah. he was a secondary this character. Movie, yeah, he's definitely like a good secondary character. I thought he was a really funny when he's like playing the little carnival games. He's hysterical. He's having so much fun. He's like so excited to be with Gilbert and like do something fun, like and be out of his like grave like he's just is living his best life yeah that was super fun i really liked that too um i also really liked um young winifred like seeing how she became yeah. like they became evil like she was literally just like no i don't want to freaking marry this guy because i don't want to freaking marry him i'm not in love with him i'm in love with, <laughs> with billy, billy. <laughs> <laughs> and billy's like oh and then this that yeah i thought that was funny because like i don't think and then you get to see it at the end too like when i don't think winifred's really evil either i think she's just no i just think she lets the power the thought of being powerful consume her but then she realizes that when she doesn't have her sister and her family and what actually matters being powerful means nothing she loves her sisters like oh she was so hurt when they disappeared which we'll we'll talk more about that when we get the scenes but hey there's a there's a uh, saying that uh uh it's by someone else so go get luna while she squeezes this toy (laughs) sorry we got these uh we got our dogs these really really fun halloween toys and they uh they squeak, and uh, if something squeaks, Luna's gonna squeak it. And she doesn't always play with her toys, but right now she's in there in a playful mood. She just squeak, yeah. squeak. So if you squeak, hear her squeak, squeak, squeak in the background, I'm sorry, squeak. but we let, we let them roam free. They have a good time while we record. Um, but Dan Carlin's one of my favorite uh, podcasters, and he talks about history, hardcore history, the one I listen to all the time. And he yeah. has this really cool saying that he got from someone else about ancient history, but he says, Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Meaning that when you become really powerful, right? most people can't handle it and they end up, they almost always go bad because if you're the person, like let's say you're the king of like, you're the king of all of Persia. You're the king of like everything back in ancient times. You literally rule, like you're like the Roman empire. You're the, you're the emperor of Rome. You rule everything. How do you not let that power go to your head? If you're the standard, if you're, if you're Winifred, how do you not let that power? She can literally do anything. Oh yeah. Spells on people. She can, she can stay young forever. Like how does that not go to your head? Exactly. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. But, I um, think even that's very relatable to even now. Like, you get one too many followers on Instagram, and you're like, all of a sudden, this like hot stuff. Hot, like you think you're like more. You think you're um, almost more entitled than you actually are. Maybe not entitled. No, you. No. It just is like maybe not entitlement, but maybe like. And I'm not saying that everyone's like this. Definitely no. not everyone's like no, this. No, 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 no. I know. What but you it mean. just is like there's like certain people where it's like. I'm all that in a bag of chips. Well, and I can do literally anything I want because I have like a million Instagram followers. Well, check this out. At the beginning, it's never about the followers, but at some point in any it kind of thing, it followers. becomes about the followers if you're not careful. Anyone that starts off something, if you start off something just to gain followers, it'll never work. Oh, no. Nine times out of 10, people start off something because they love it and they enjoy it. And then somewhere along the way, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Maybe 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 a little too deep for that actual analogy, but it's true. You always start out doing something that you love, and then you love it, and then it grows because you love it, and you're passionate about it, and you're pouring everything into it. You enjoy it, and then somewhere along the way, you either it becomes work to you, or you just it starts becoming really popular, and then it's really hard to keep that that whimsicalness. This yeah, it's almost like I would say we even see this a lot, like in the church world. Mm-hmm. People start out because they want to genuinely like share their love of God with people, and like they want other people to experience the same 
love and freedom and just grace that they feel when they experience God. And then at some point it doesn't, um, it's not about the people anymore. It's about the speaking opportunities. It's about the, maybe the book deals or the, um, the brand deals. It's about how many people can hear you and not about the actual people that you're reaching, which I feel like, and not only like, I don't know. No, I I agree a thousand percent with what you're saying. It becomes more about, it becomes more about who, how many people you're saying what you're saying to versus what you're actually saying to them. I agree. And that's, and that's where like, and that's like the modern version of it, right? Like that's the modern version of power because like in, in the modern world, like your words and what you have to say in the platform you're given, how many people will listen to you really equates to power. Like people get elected president based on how many people want to listen to them. Right. Yeah. They go, they do speeches, they go on tour, they go on campaign and da, 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 da. Before you know it, they're elected president because of how popular they are. Everything is a popularity contest. And so, um, that is like the modern version of like, I don't know, bewitchery kind of bewitch people with your words. Mm. If you do it in the wrong way. Is that the truth? Yeah. We're, uh, we're rambling. We're What's rambling. the next question? <laughs> least favorite character. Least Go. favorite character. My least favorite character, Reverend Trask. As much as I like the mayor, his like his ancestor is the worst. It's an eight-legged, what does he say? He <laughs> said it's eight, eight legs of sin. Eight legs of sin when like, he gets a spider on It's him. a spider. It's literally not that serious. Maybe okay. in that time because they didn't have like the medical... Um, well, spiders have been a treatment that we do now. Yeah, but they're like, also equated to evil too. Oh, yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, that's why. That's why for like for Halloween, it's always like witches' hats and spiders and black cats and, and the jack o' lanterns. They all have like. Evil I just thought people like hated spiders, so they mm. thought they were creepy. I, I think that um, I'm not gonna say, but I'm pretty sure that like spiders, like they're part. You can use them for like potions and things, like spiders' legs, spiders' venom. Courtney's uh, researching. While I see researches, I'm going to do a fun fact about spider venom and snake venom. Did you know that most people say that snakes and spiders are poisonous or non-poisonous? But snakes and spiders can't be poisonous because they're not. They don't have poison. Poison is something that kills you by ingesting it. Venom is something that gets you to the bloodstream, which means it has to be injected into you. Which snakes and spiders are not poisonous. They are venomous. Venom and poison are two totally different things. Thanks for that fun fact. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I have to take the opportunities to share this stuff when I can. I'm a nerd about that kind of stuff. I love like history and, and nature and documentaries and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but did you find the new cool thing about? Yeah. Okay. It says the main reason behind spiders being a symbol of Halloween is their connection with witches. Spiders, along with black cats and rats, were believed to be evil companions of witches in medieval times. I told you. Okay. I'm not saying you were wrong. I was just saying that wasn't something I had ever heard before. Well, I feel like that the, this is, oh, is going to go down like a, a little rabbit trail for a second. That's fine. But I think that maybe rats, spiders, and cats were um, the companions of witches because oftentimes people weren't really witches. They were just assumed to be witches. So what happened? They were exiled, right? Yeah. What are other animals that people exile? Rats, spiders, and often not even black cats, just cats, cats in, general. in general. So think about it. There may be the reason that these witches, in quotation marks, were companions of rats, spiders, and cats is because, like, where they were pushed into, like, the parts of town or even out in the woods, like, that's what was out there. I don't, I don't know about you. If I was all alone 
in a cottage and I had only a spider to be my friend. friend. I would, it would be my friend. Like seriously, like I'd feed it and I'd take care of it. I would not. I don't like spiders. Well, spiders are beautiful creatures. They really are. They're really smart. They're dangerous as crap, but they're, uh, they're beautiful. I mean, cats are dangerous. You really think about it. I mean, not our cats, <laughs> like tigers and lions and things. Very true. But yeah. you don't have a tiger. I'm sure in medieval times, which is no, 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 no. tigers as pets. No, no, they I had, mean, maybe they did. I no, don't know. I wasn't there. They had, no, what I'm saying is that they had like uh, the, the outcasted animals. It's so funny that they're actually there. The point I'm trying to make is the outcasted animals were the, were the pets of the outcast because that's probably the only animals that they could, that were around them. True. Yeah. Anyways, I thought it was cool. Okay, my least favorite character. <laughs> I'm in a very rambly mood today. I apologize. Um, I actually... I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Gilbert. I wouldn't say he's my least favorite. I liked him. I think he... He meant well. He... Um, he meant well on some level. He also was in it for selfish gain and was manipulative on some of their levels. Well, yeah, he gave them a black flame candle for her birthday. Like, who doesn't turn that down? She doesn't think it's a black flame candle. And they get this candle every year. He, like, totally sold them out. Totally tricked them. Like, major. Major trickery. Yeah, lots of manipulation yeah, going on. Yeah, lots of it. Didn't love it, but I think he comes around in the end, and he's kind of like a goofy, fun, silly character. Um, yeah. I forgot about, I think his name is Mike, Cassie's boyfriend. Oh, I loved him. He is just. He's the worst, but he's so funny. He's the worst. He just is like <laughs> not super um, intelligent. No, he's dumb. Yeah, he just has, plays that like typical dumb jockey character. Um, don't really love it, but. He's lacking in cognitive faculty. Yes. Um, I thought it was really funny when he said, what did he say? Oh, they were like <laughs> calling out someone for their differences and saying that it's weird is making fun of them. Yeah. And he's, and like, he's like, no. no. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And he was like, oh my God. I've been a bully like, my whole life. <laughs> literally. Like he had no idea. No crap, dude. Like Lord Jesus. You're intentionally. Manipulating. Not manipulating. Belittling. Belittling. And making fun of everyone others. for who they are. But it's fine. No biggie. You had no idea. It is actually a big deal. <laughs> Please don't do that. Yeah. Um, no, I liked him though. He was funny. I loved Gilbert and uh, Billy Butcherson's relationship. Oh, so great! The, you know, I, it was funny. I think it's his like spending time with Billy that makes him decide. Um, makes him decide to, to like crap. Like what the Sanders yeah. is doing is not good because he's like sort of hearing Billy's story and about how Winifred really is and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I think, and but they're like because their friendship's just so cute. Mm-hmm. And then he brings his head back and gives it to him, and like yeah. I don't know, it was just really sweet. I thought it was sweet. I agree. I don't even actually think there's any other than like Gilbert being kind of like, eh, sometimes there's no one that I really am just like, no, I don't like you. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Both of these movies have great casts. I'm going to be quiet. Most of these, mo- both of these movies have great casts. They do a good job of, um, making everyone pretty likable. Yeah. In the first movie, Winifred was getting on my nerves a little bit. Yeah. But you see her softer side at the end of this movie. You do. You definitely do. How much she loves her sisters. Yeah. Um, what about favorite scene? Favorite scene. Hmm. Do you know yours? Yeah. Okay, you go. My favorite scene is um. I have two, and they're both like clustered next to each other. I love when Winifred gives up 
her sisters disappear, and she's like, oh. my sisters. Like, no, I, I, I don't want to live. Like, I, like I, they're my sisters. Like, oh my, and she, she, she says it in her like old sixteen hundreds way, but like yeah. she's basically like, I, I don't, I don't, can't live without them. Like, I love them. My, she literally was like, oh my sweet, um, and then she says a bunch of like bad things about them, like befuddled, always in the way, yeah. sisters. But she's like, she loves them. She does, and that was really sweet. And then she goes to be with them, and and then oh, and then she's like, what can, what spell can I do to to, to be with them again? And then they give her the spell, and then she starts disappearing. And then, and then Becca looks at her, and she's like, "The spell doesn't bring them back; it takes you to them." Basically, yeah. like we have to get rid of you because you're evil. And then, when it, but then she understands, and she's like, "Honestly, if I can be with my sisters again, I'm yeah. okay with it." And then, right behind it, I love the scene as the three is Becca, Izzy, and Cassie are walking away, and they start to do the walk, the back yeah. and forth walk. I thought that was cool. Also, sorry, I'm backtracking, but I think book. And the cat, even though they're not like real characters, I love to book in this movie. They are like I feel like without without them being almost like alive and like cognitive of what was going on. Like I think the movie would have suffered. I think they really add a little like. Well, book oh. adds a lot. Oh well, book does. Yeah. But if, like if book didn't have his little eye, could you imagine? Or that one part when like um, Becca's trying to find the book. Yeah. And it's like on the shelf with all the fake books and he's sweating. like sweating like yeah. that just like brought so much to that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and he feels. he he feels he can like, I don't know, like he has thoughts, even though he doesn't necessarily have a mouth to speak his thoughts, like his actions and like the what he does with himself, like says a lot more than. I don't know. Like he doesn't almost doesn't need a mouth because no, he, his actions show a lot. Agreed, and he's very powerful in his own way. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. That was good. Well, what um, is your uh, what's your favorite sorry. scene? You're good. Back to favorite scene. Um, I I don't know. To be honest, this is a hard one because I don't think there's any part of this movie that I don't like. Yeah. I think okay, wait. I think it's really funny when they're in Walgreens and they're eating the cream. Oh, it's like <laughs> so hilarious, but what's cream has babies in <laughs> or children or whatever. when Mary starts to eat the face mask though, like the one sheet face mask. It's the face I was of like, a child. <laughs> I was like, and she took a bite of it. I just part of me wanted to throw up, but also like I couldn't stop laughing and like I don't know. And then it's they take really self, and then someone takes a selfie with them and it has one of the and filters has a filter on. And they look younger and they're like, oh, it's working. <laughs> uh, so funny. That, that was a great is, scene. I like that scene a lot. It was a good scene. It's hilarious. And I think that's kind of when you start to see too, like um, Becca and Izzy really taking almost. I, I don't know. Like they take more charge of the situation to protect themselves. I don't know. Yeah, what I'm trying to say. They, they almost are like starting to step into who they end up being in the end of the movie. Yeah, they're like, okay, we got to do something. Let's it's like this. the start of their character of evolution. That's not a real word. Evolution. But evolution, thank you. <laughs> Evolution's yeah. not that scary of a word. I just was trying to make it a word that it wasn't. I know. I just feel like people are scared of the word evolution. It's actually really important to society's growth. Yeah. I think people, this is like random thing. People hear evolution, they automatically think of. Um, well, and they think anti-Christian, which is not. Well, they true. well they think of like 
monkeys into people, but it's like, okay, that is like one facet of evolution, but like really like humans, uh, us are like, our almost like our brain growth, our mental growth, our like physical growth is like an evolution through time. Like we're constantly changing and growing. And I think that's at what the core of evolution is. Thousand percent. You know what I mean? So like, even though like, I don't know, like it doesn't always have to be this thing from like monkeys to people. Well, not only that, like even if that were true, um, it's not necessarily about that. People get so caught up on evolution because um, they're scared of it. And they don't, I honestly think people are scared of it or they don't, they don't like to talk about evolution because they're scared to have the conversation because they're not um, knowledgeable enough to actually have like a good conversation about it. Everything evolves, right? There's macro and there's micro evolution. And this is not a podcast getting into all that, but evolution's not scary. Evolution is something beautiful that God created. It's something that happens to all of us as we grow. Our, our personalities evolve, our, 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 our over time humans evolve. Like we, we change, like even there's different hair colors and skin colors and eye colors because of evolution, because we live in different climates and we evolve in all these things. And, um, like fish that have large mouths, like they evolved to hunt better over time. They used to have smaller mouths. Like yeah. Mouths. Like you can prove that. Like it happens. It happens like right now in front of us. And uh, yeah, evolution's not scary. Anyways. No. And I think, sorry, I'm going to piggyback off you uh, and then yeah, we can continue. But I think like, I don't know, like if you don't want to evolve and grow as a person, then I almost kind of want to say like, you're not you're not truly developing into who you're supposed to be. Well, you just hit the nail on the head in one facet. Most people that are scared to talk about evolution are people that are scared to evolve. Yeah, like but they're it's minded like They're like, they're not going to like, open you have to up. be open-minded and you have to be open to change and growth to be able to move forward in life and go where you want to go and like be who you're supposed to be. A thousand percent. And a lot of people, not a lot. I won't say a lot of people. I don't really know. I'm not in everyone's mind. Some people, some, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there who (laughs) are scared of change, scared of growth and scared of evolution. But it's like, like you said, it's not something to be scared of. It's something, I think it's something to embrace and like, I don't know. Well, like walk into, I, I'm, I mean, I'm one of those people. I'm very scared of change. I don't like change. Uh, I don't think I'm scared of change. I'm not that I'm scared of it because I change all the time. I don't like it. Yeah. I do not like it. You don't like how uncomfortable it can be. I don't like how uncomfortable it can be. And I think because but I think you are un- like you embrace the uncomfortable. You are uncomfortable. You might not like it, but you know it's what you have to do, so you do it anyway. Yeah. Some people feel uncomfortable and immediately are like, "Nope, not doing this," and like turn around and walk the other way. Yeah, yeah, and they. I mean, there's extreme cases where people like they become hermits. They or all kinds of things like that. Or they, yeah. they just stop being part of society because they don't want to, you know, change. Um, or they they just work the same job forever, you know. And uh, nothing wrong with that. Like, if you find a job that you love, please do it forever. Yeah. If I find a job that I love. If you're passionate about it and want to do it for your whole lifetime, like, yeah. do it. Well, there's certain jobs that I do right now that I think I'll do for the rest of my life. I might not do them full time, but I think I'll do them for the rest of my life. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, fun fact, side side thing. I could, I could, I think I could podcast for the rest of my life. I love this. I TJ wants fun. to start like 10 more podcasts. I really do. I have like so many ideas for podcasts. I want to get into them in January, but like we've mentioned it abstractly a couple of times, but I uh, started a new job. So we're just trying to make sure I have a good rhythm and flow. We want to make sure because Courtney and I actually, um, more Courtney than me, but I'm getting better at it. We're really good about like work-life balance and health. And we, you know, I have a lot of boundaries. She does. Um, 
for the average person that works in the industries that I've worked in, I think I have good boundaries. I just don't have good boundaries compared to Courtney. I'll just say that. But um, I get mad because our boundaries aren't the same. No. Well, I'm a bit of a I. I enjoy work, which is weird, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a job that I like. Um, I just like I, I like you work. enjoy people. You enjoy working hard. You enjoy like doing hard things with other people and like making a change and a difference in your environment. Yes. Which I think is why you enjoy working so much. I, you are more, definitely more creative. You like to spend time in your own space. You like to spend time in your own head, in your own thoughts so that you can yeah. do things. Um, and that's why I think that you really value your, your personal space and your personal time. You I do. I will not take anything work-related home with me. Yeah. If someone from work needs something while I'm not there, I might send them like... Maybe a tech, like a one one text. text. Most of the time, I'm not responding to you. Sorry, I'm not in the building. I'm not there. Yeah, like, I mentally, I'm not there. Like my job before this, like I, I literally worked from the moment I got up in the morning to the moment I went to sleep. Um, I could be on vacation and I would be working. Really frustrating. Um, and now the job that I have now, Bank of America, like no email on your phone, anything like that. Like I, we took off Friday for a uh, for a wedding, and um, I took off work for Friday, and she was off already. And uh, I have not heard from my from Bank of America. Since um, you left on Thursday. Since I left on Thursday. It's wonderful. And I'm going to walk in tomorrow morning and I'll probably have 75 emails and I'll catch up on all of them and I'll have a great Monday. Yeah. Hey, Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just great. So anyways, um, people, evolution's good. Don't be scared of it. Don't be scared of changing. Don't be scared of growing. Don't be scared of becoming a better version of yourself. What I really enjoyed in Hocus Pocus too. <laughs> Thank you. Was if you if you left the podcast, please come back. <laughs> um, was Sarah's evolution and Sarah's growth because by the end, remember, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go listen to last week's episode where we talk about Hocus Pocus. Um, but Sarah, I feel like up until like the second half, or almost I would say probably like the last like 15, 20 minutes of this second of this movie, like she would just do whatever. Um, one of her told her to do. And finally she figures out like, no, I'm a powerful witch too. Like they all get the power. When she starts doing this spell, they all become super powerful. Well, like even before she, cause remember at the beginning, the yeah. mother, witch is like these, um, force or where like the witches like really, um, like develop a, it's a sacred space. For it's witches. a sacred yeah. space for witches. They really can like develop and grow their powers there. And I think because they're spending more time in the forest, like it just happens where like Sarah like points her finger and like it ends up like she's like I don't know this like electric situation happens out of her finger and she's like oh and she yeah. like starts playing around with it and she's like I'm powerful too like Winifred is not the only powerful witch here like I. I'm still strong. I am like a good, powerful witch. Yeah. No, I and I love it. Yeah. She definitely, because even Mary, is Mary the only witch's name, right? Yeah. Yeah. She, although she's is subservient to Winifred, like Sarah's really the one that kind of gets dogged out the most. Like. Yeah. And even like, um, oh, I forget, but she's like, oh, my only. She's like, my only job was to, to call the children, to sing and call the to children, to call and sing the children. And then they realize because she's like, they don't need to do that anymore at the, oh, at the beginning of the movie, because they're like, they like trick them and they're like, oh, they have lotions and yeah, 
all this other stuff. So she's like, oh no, my only job. Like, I don't have a job anymore. Like, what's the point of being here? But then by the end of the movie, she's like, no, I'm powerful too. Yeah. I thought that was good. I thought that was really, really good too. Um, yeah. <laughs> what about Lee's favorite scene? Um, I, oh, I just kicked Luna in the no, face no, on she's, accident. She's, she's, Luna's standing under my chair and I accidentally kicked her. Whoops. She's burrowing right now. Um, it's cause it's dinner time. But so I don't know. I don't think I have a least favorite scene to be honest. Like maybe if anything, it was like, Hmm. I'm kind of in the same boat if it makes you feel better. Like, I really don't have a scene that I, like, hate. Um, oh. Even the sadder scenes are, like, really good. Like, like Winifred, like the saddest scene was Winifred and the witches, like, dying, basically, or going away. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. Like, the way they did it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. I agree. I would say the only scene that was maybe really... Um, the scenes... This is just somebody who, like... This might be a shock to you. I don't know if I've ever talked about this a lot, but, like... <laughs> I was actually not very popular as, like, a teenager... Um, middle school, high school, because I was homeschooled mm. and I was a weird homeschooled kid. So whenever I, so I saw homeschooled through a private school, but even at the private school, I was like a weird homeschooled kid. So seeing, um, seeing Cassie and Becca and Izzy like kind of fall apart from each other and then seeing Mike like be mean and rude to Becca and Izzy about things that just kind of, I didn't, I don't know. It yeah. just kind of brought back some unpleasant memories. I'll just say that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I really kind of felt for Cassie in the moment when um, she, when her boyfriend like said something about the party and her friends are like, or Becca and Izzy are like, oh no, we just found out like we're not going to this party that she's doing because Cassie didn't tell her. And yeah. it's like almost this weird dynamic where she obviously really is in this new crowd with her boyfriend and his friends, but she also like really care, still cares about her friends and like the people she used to like hang out and be with. And for me, like I was kind of always in that same place where it was like, yes, I was a cheerleader. Yes. I was like almost friends with the more popular people, but it's also like I had my own friends that like weren't as popular and it was like I guess popular is like I don't know I don't know but it was just they weren't like the with the in crowd like it was just more more nerdy more um um I don't even know not even like nerdy and no, geeky, but it was just like more totally. almost like those more creative like they want to be and intelligent and like learn but they also like are just more creative versus like the traditional like cheerleader jock, oh, da, 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 da. oh the cheerleaders hang out with the football players and the head cheerleader dates the football captain and blah 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 like it's yeah. hard to be like in the middle of those two things well, and that, like I just felt for Cassie in that moment I did like, feel I've for been her there. yeah I feel I feel for her I, I love that you say that I wasn't even sure if I was going to talk about this or not but I clocked it when we were watching it um I actually usually have a lot of thoughts and I forget most of them, but this is one that I remembered and I wasn't sure I was going to talk about. I did feel for Cassie more than Becca and Izzy, and I'll tell you why. When, when, when you're young and you're dating, 
I feel like your friends don't cut you a lot of slack. But like Cassie's in a very new situation. She's dating this new boy who she really likes. And she's being introduced into his friend group. And did she do the best of including her friend group into his? No. But at the same time, Becca and Izzy could have been like, hey, like she's in a new phase of life. We're not going to get jealous that she's spending time with her boyfriend. Let's just make time for her. And because it was all just a bunch of miscommunication. I feel like when people start dating someone, everyone's like, oh, they're dating someone. We can't spend time with them now. It's like, well, no. I mean, if they choose to not spend time with you, great. But if you just stop reaching out because they're dating someone, like, that's on you. Yeah. Like, just because I I think communication is so important in every facet of relationships, whether that be, I don't know, like. I'm going to drop them. I feel. Well, hold on. You go, and then I'm going to drop the mic. So I'm a firm believer in there's three type of relationships you can have with people. So you have someone above you, someone at your level, and someone below you, right? Okay. So you have someone above you who's like kind of like, I wouldn't say like an actual or like put the title of mentor say, yeah. on it, but it's someone that you can go to when you're struggling with something and they're going to help lift you up out of your situation. They're going to help encourage you. They're going to help like pull you up let's say this in someone, life. Let's say someone's at a higher stage of life than you. Yes. They're maybe not your boss or your leader. Exactly. Or you're at a higher stage of they're life. at a higher stage of life. Yes. They've walked where you've walked before. They can help you, and encourage you. Yes. And just ways that people on your level just can't. Right. And then, so you have someone above you that's above you. And then you have people like on your level with you. And that's just the people that you do like everyday life with. Let's be real. That's the person you get a beer after work with. Yeah. And you can have level to level conversation. Yeah. You can say bad words. You can laugh. You can joke. Yeah. Like that's the person you're just like. Even now, like the people on my, on my level that I do life with, like I really enjoy, even though like I would say I'm more of like a homebody, like. I don't know. Like, I just enjoy doing life with the people that I do life with, like having girls nights, having um, dinners or drinks after work. Like it just is, it's nice to have a core group of people on your same level that you do life with. And it's, it doesn't have to be um, people that you do everyday life with. Mm-mm. Like I think even um, you probably have your core people and then you have like your outer people. And like your you outer, know, outer people, your yeah. outer outer people. Yeah. Like I would, I don't know. Like there's people that do we see every day that we don't see every day. Sorry, but we still enjoy doing life with when we get to be around them. Like every time we go to Orlando, like hanging out with Sean, Shannon and Andre, like is such a priority because they're people that we love to do life with. And I would say people like that are people that like. I, was, I love that you said that because I was literally going to say it's not how much time you spend with them it's the quality of the time that when you're there like Andre yeah. and Shannon are the type of, type of people that like the moment we see them it's like I, it's like I never missed the, the four months that it's been no like and even though it might not be like I think it's like a quality over quantity situation like, yes yes quantity wise we don't spend every day with them we don't even spend once a week or once we a month with them every now and then and but yeah. quality wise like we care about each other. We do life together. Like just the amount of quality time we spend together, like makes us want to keep going and being around them and doing life with them. It makes you want to cultivate the relationship. Yes. It makes you want to, when you're in the same city as one another, like you're like, Hey, let's get together. Like you just do that when you want to cultivate relationships. You make it a priority. Like, yes, you make it a priority. Exactly. And then third level of relationship, the lower. So you have people that maybe, 
are younger than you, you're at a higher stage of life then and you help encourage and walk through life with people as like someone that almost people who look up to you almost. Yeah, you share your wisdom. You share your wisdom, you yeah. encourage them, you help them walk through hard times like when they need you like yeah. So, but anyway, in all three facets of those relationships, like someone above you, people on your level, people below you, like, um, and I don't mean people below you in like a demeaning or bitter no, like way. It's like when you're in 30, like it's almost like the concept when you're in like, your 30s, you should be helping people in their 20s. When you're in your 40s, you should be yeah. helping people in your 30s. Like think so about so. it like this. Like if you're in 10th grade and you took a math, you took, or okay, let's say and when I was a senior in high school, I took calculus. Do not recommend calculus at all to anyone, but... It's not so bad. I had friends that were in 11th and 10th grade that later took calculus. Because I had already taken calculus, I can help them through calculus. Is basically like, you know? I had a really awesome conversation with somebody at church today before I left about my career. Mm. Pastor Robert Cummins, remember? He oh, was yeah. like, oh yeah, I know someone here. You should do this. Let's get coffee soon. I'll tell you how to do it. Which is great. Because he's been in the banking industry before. I'm now in the banking industry. Yeah. It's like someone like it's like cultivating a relationship with someone. And then it's like being humble enough and like I could to do better. No, you don't know it all and yeah. to like want to get more wisdom and knowledge about and what talk, you want to know. And, talk, and like literally and you know what I love about what he did is is like sometimes you have to ask for that. And I want to encourage you out there, don't be prideful. If someone if you know someone has information that'll help you, ask them, right? But sometimes if someone like is like Hey, so you just started a job with a bank and you, you know, I used to work for a bank and I know someone that literally works in the HR department of your, your company. Why don't we get coffee and talk soon and then we can like, like, don't say no to that. Like take them up on that. Like take the invitation, grow with that person, learn from that person. For sure. Um, Um, but anyway, what I was trying to say is, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) well, I just like rambled on the whole thing, but like in every facet of every kind of relationship you have, you have to have communication. Like it doesn't matter if I'm talking to my boss, someone on my team that I'm over, if I'm talking to TJ or if I'm talking to like my best friend, like I have to be, have open communication or people are going to get offended and hurt. People are going to think maybe differently about the situation than they would if I would just openly communicate about how I'm feeling, right? Like if I got upset with you and, but I didn't communicate that, it would be totally different than like if maybe, or if like you did something that upset me and then I talk, we like, I brought it to the surface and we had an actual conversation about it. Like instead of holding on with, instead of like not communicating and holding on to that grudge and making things weird, like it's okay to talk about it and bring it up to the surface so that we can like figure it out and move on from it. Yeah. And and the confrontation to bring it up is uncomfortable, but it's way, I'm going to say something that's going to be harsh, but I would rather people, I would rather in our marriage and in other people's marriages, bring it up and make it uncomfortable. Um, in the moment, don't wait until you're at the divorce proceedings. Don't wait until you're yeah, at, like, wait, don't, don't wait until you're screaming and throwing things, like throwing glasses at the wall because you're so furious. Yeah. Like, don't wait for that. Don't wait. You don't want to hold a grudge. You don't want to like start to build up that resentment and that hatred towards the person that you're supposed to like, not even like on a marriage level, but also just on like a friendship or any level, honestly, like you don't want, it's not good for you to hold that resentment in. It's not good for your well-being. It's not good for your mental well-being. It's, no, it's not, not good for you or literally anyone like be open, be vulnerable. It's scary, but like do it because 
Otherwise, you're going to be in a situation like Cassie and her friends where they're like awkwardly not talking to each other and hanging out because no one's really saying how they're feeling. And they're all fears of each other. Yeah. And the, the thing that I was going to say when you first started and you 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 poetically explained it really well. Um, the, the thing about communication and relationships, I think the moment that communication stops, a relationship begins to die. Yes. If you don't communicate in a relationship over time, I think the relationship ceases to be a relationship and becomes an acquaintance where you are two people that are acquainted to one another. You're not in a relationship. You're in, you're in, you're in an acquaintance. Um, you know each other, you know each other well. Yeah. You're not in a relationship. Communication is what keeps relationships alive. Communication is what keeps relationships running. Um, and the more you communicate, the easier it is to do. Right. It's like working out or eating healthy. It's like a muscle. Like, you start eating healthy and then you just keep eating healthy. And then six months later, it's like, like every year when we do the, we do the January fast for the church and we do the, the, we do dry January. By the time you get to the end of the month, you're honestly like, it's just second nature. You're just, you, you know what, you know, okay, I'm going to go buy this food because it's hard for the first week because you're getting all this stuff out and it's all out in the open and it's just yeah. communication like that. It's hard when you're first like, listen, we haven't talked about this for three months. I got to get this out. Like you do this. Yeah. It really bugs me. Like you're, you're in this situation, you've been dating this guy we feel alienated oh well you guys haven't been communicating to me well we thought you didn't want to spend time and you get it all in the open in this one moment and before you know it five minutes later you're best friends again and honestly they made it really quick in the movie but i have literally reconciled with friends in five minutes like that i've literally got a beer with somebody and thought we were gonna like hash it out for three hours and then we talked about it for a second and it was like oh crap like we're just misunderstanding each other yeah well that's now we just solved our problem all right cool let's just you know let's have a pitcher of beer and just enjoy the rest of the night you know um and so that's the cool thing about communication is it can clear things up really really quickly yeah um i know it's like a common thing i don't know how scientifically factual this is nowadays but they say um that it takes 21 days to form or break a habit that's so true and I feel like if you just push through, do the hard work, communicate, be vulnerable for 21 days, even if you want to be vulnerable about ending a friendship or ending a relationship, like it doesn't have to be like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times you said this and it kind of like resonated, like sometimes you stop communicating intentionally because you want the friendship to die. You want the relationship to die, but I, that's not the healthy way to do it. No. I, like you have to still be open and like, Hey, you hurt my feelings or Hey, you're doing this and I don't really feel comfortable being around this right now. Or, Hey, maybe we're just in different stages of life. And like, I don't think this is going to continue to work out. Like that's fine, but you still have to openly communicate so that everyone is on the same page and everyone can move forward. And you know why that's even more important than people probably think it is. If you do that, if so, if you cut a friendship off by simply not communicating, you're not giving the other person a chance to maybe resurrect it by explaining why. And so many times friendships or marriages will be on the brink of destruction. Yeah. And then instead of just ending it and walking away, somebody will ask a question and then the other person maybe, just maybe, will answer the question and then a road to restoration can happen yeah because here's the thing it's very selfish just to end a relationship cut and dry um it's easy ghosting people i feel like is easy. there's a time and a like place and it's like situational let's just red rave this flag in the air right now if you're in an abusive or toxic relationship end it like don't communicate <laughs> yeah walk away i would say those walk are away. definitely the yeah. times to like cold turkey no communication like if someone's manipulating you and taking advantage of you walk away right now 
literally it doesn't like, matter on like what level pause the podcast it could be right. a boss it could be a marriage it could be a boyfriend a girlfriend maybe even an in-law sometimes you have to cut hard boundaries with the in-laws and be like dude you're so toxic and manipulative i can't be around jail and literally. it sucks because they're blood fl- family but like Brian and Dorothy not at you we love you <laughs> oh no not at we you, love you. <laughs> not at anyone really but I'm just saying in general <laughs> like Brian's my dog <laughs> okay um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know us well uh, Courtney's family Brian and Dorothy and parents, are yeah, they're the my best. parents they're, they're great the they're awesome we love them um, also Corey Clark, shout out Christopher 10 oh. out of 10 10 out of 10 Y'all, your whole family really fantastic I would give him a solid <laughs> seven out of ten. No, y'all are I'm 10 just kidding. Edgerton's are ten out of ten. I love you guys. Um, yeah. Shout out to my dad. He listens and likes encourages us every single week. So he we appreciate does. him. Yeah. Um, but what oh, dang it, what was I saying? Oh it doesn't matter, like you have to do what's best for you and you like your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health. Sometimes that looks like cutting off hard or cutting off relationships and that can be hard to do, but like you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, uh, it's easier said than done. And like, we're not psychiatrists or psychologists by any means, but like you mentioned it when we did flubber and I would just say, if you're in like a, a hard relationship and it's, it's bad like that, like don't be afraid to, to ask for help and to ask for guidance. Yes. Um, and when I say guidance, like sometimes it's as simple as like getting with like a therapist or like a trusted leader or a trusted friend. Oh, yeah. like, listen, how do I do this? And they might be like, listen, make a phone call, say what you need to say, get your stuff, go. Be I cool. think, yeah. And sometimes even like just venting and like putting it out there makes it so much like makes the situation so much better for you. Like sometimes I don't even like need someone to fix my situation or give me a response or like tell me how to get out of a situation. Sometimes I literally just need to talk out loud about what I'm going through and how I'm feeling. And it makes me feel 12 times better. And so I feel like, I don't know, you just have to be self-aware enough to know what you need in those moments and know that, um, well, first you need to have good listeners in your life and you need to have good wisdom and advice givers. Sometimes those can be the same people. Sometimes they're not going to be the same people, but like when you, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just rambling now, but like, no, you're not, you're doing great. I, I think I think so you have to know who goes back to what you said. You have to tear your people. You have to know what you, who's there yes. for what purpose. And, um, exactly. and some people cross, like I have people that are peer level and above me level at the same time. I agree. And that me happens too. sometimes. But hey, let's get back to this podcast. I, this is, <laughs> We're just like... Courtney, so to my point that I've been trying to say, that's why we need another podcast. Okay. Ah, see, 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 see. It's, it's just a lot of... I know, it's a lot of commitments. Let me quit my job and then we can... No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, we will communicate with this after the podcast. <laughs> um, Next question. What's your favorite song? <laughs> Actually, the next question is least favorite scene, but um, we, we both have basically uh, we don't, said no, we don't I have. Think, we I think no, we both said we don't really yeah, have a right, least favorite right. scene. Favorite song. Um, favorite song. One way or another, I'm gonna guide you. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get you, get you, get you, get you one way or another. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like one way or another, or I put a spell on you better? I put a spell on you. I put a spell on you. That was great. That was fantastic. 
Is it gone or mine? I don't know. Courtney. I don't either. Um, I'll put a spell on you. It was a great song, though. Put a spell on you. It was fantastic. Um, no, but I like that one song. But this is like, like a lot of movies that we do um, are sing-alongs. This is not a sing-along. No, there's lots of, because obviously it's like Halloween, there's like carnivals, there's like parties the and stuff going on. Yeah, so there's like music great. in it, but yeah. it's like, obviously that one is going to be the most iconic one out of this movie. It's the best one. Yeah. I am going to say this, um, a theme from this movie to apply to your everyday life. I think life. we should like just we skip this question. That. We covered that. <laughs> we talked, we went way too in depth yeah. about so gonna, literally everything we, in we, this movie. We literally already did that. And that's fine. This is our, fine. this is our podcast. Listen, yeah. at, listen at your own risk. <laughs> Um, Next question. Is this movie oh, under I, or overrated? I would say it's adequately um, rated. I feel like it's hard to tell because it is such a new movie. It literally came out a month ago, so I don't know. I mean, a lot of I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on it. It depends. Like if you go on Instagram, yeah. I feel like the people love it. Depending on who you're friends with on Facebook, if you talk to the Southern like Baptist it. people, they think that they're casting spells in my home. It's not right. <laughs> We should not be allowing our children to watch this. It's the same as the Harry Potter. Um, by the way, we love Harry Potter. We do love Harry Potter. Before. I just feel like I'm going to say one thing. Hold on first. My B-roll went off, so I'm going to take a picture right, of talk, my B-roll, and then I'm going to say a thing. I'm going to talk while you do your B-roll. Um, what I just said is really funny to me because I grew up in a really like a closed church background where like you weren't allowed to have fun or do anything remotely fun. And for anyone listening, obviously there are evil things out there. There are things out there that we shouldn't dabble with and play with, um, especially if you're someone that's spiritually aware. But at the same time, Halloween is just such a fun holiday um, when you really celebrate it the right way and you make it about fun and you make it about candy and you make it about friends and fellowship and you make it about um, even being a little spooky sometimes. That's okay too. I, yeah, I would say like, it just has to be a thing. If you're someone who doesn't who doesn't want, um, sorry, Luna looks really cute laying on the floor right now. She does. Um, but if you're someone who doesn't want to involve yourself with anything, witchery or witchcraft or spells or anything like that, like that is totally okay. You're totally valid in doing that. But I think that like for people to say this movie's cast making you cast spells in your home. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a little too a little too much for me. I saw it. And I feel like you have to, if you're someone who you just have to not take it that seriously. You have to not let it affect your heart and the core being of who you are. Like you just have to, it has to be fun. It has to be fun. You have to make it a fun thing and not like a super serious over spiritualized situation. Yeah. I read a cool comment today where someone, uh, uh, a, um, like a church leader that I follow posted something today about Halloween and how about people take it too seriously, how how that um you know da 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 we should you know it, it's a fun holiday you know d- definitely don't celebrate evil things but at the same time like it's okay to celebrate fall and if you want to watch a scary movie great but here's what the, I read one of the comments like you gotta love the comment section on social media <laughs> somebody said like oh well they celebrate like witchcraft and Satanism on Halloween so I'm not gonna celebrate it and then someone like, replied to their comment and said well people do that on Tuesday. 
Tuesdays sometimes. Are you going to stop being having fun on Tuesdays? <laughs> <laughs> but I it's like, like factual. Just, like, died laughing. You don't have to celebrate those things if that's not who you are and what you want to be about. <laughs> that's fine. Like, <laughs> like literally every Tuesday, if you ever find yourself having a good time, just remember somewhere a Satanist or a witch is practicing which I'm dead. So you should um, stop having fun. Like... <laughs> I'm dead. Um, TJ like literally is cracking himself up so much that he like had to walk away because he's just laughing so hard. But I really think like, yes, like make it what you want it to be about. You know what I mean? Like, yes, even for this is going to be like a touchy thing, but like even for Thanksgiving, like people don't want to celebrate Thanksgiving because of the Native Americans and like that whole situation and how we maybe treat Native Americans in this country, but like, it doesn't have to be about Native Americans, like in that whole, like feast, the first Thanksgiving, whatever, like Thanksgiving can literally be about celebrating time and like, almost like celebrating your family, celebrating thankfulness and what you're thankful for. Like, it doesn't have to be this like huge political situation, like, and also touchy, like it can just be what it is just like Halloween. Like it doesn't have to be about evil spirits and like demonic things and witchcraft. Like it can be about dressing up as your favorite Marvel character or Harry Potter character and having having so much candy that you want to throw up. Like, and having friends over and having a bonfire and having, having Harry Potter themed cocktails and putting on Harry Potter movies. Like we did a couple weeks ago and having a great time. Having so much fun with the people that you love and care about, I think is what holidays are really for. And people just, I want to touch on what you just said. Cause I always feel like I need to like round things out. Um, the, the Thanksgiving thing. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. We'll probably talk about it more in November. The thing about Thanksgiving is simply this. Um, our ancestors made mistakes and we're going to make mistakes in our current time. And then our, um, people like our descendants are going to look back at us and say, Oh, our ancestors made mistakes. I think that still that, you know, Thanksgiving's a day when you should just be very thankful for the things that we have in this country and the things that we are. Yes. And I feel like the thing is, is I remember in eighth grade, my history teacher had this hung on his wall and it said, those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And I just think that's such, it's always something that's in the back of my mind. Like if I think it goes back to evolution, like if you're not growing and learning, maybe from where, where you've been, you're not going to make it any better to where you're going. Yeah, I agree. And what I would add to this is like, cause obviously this is not a, a politics podcast, so I'm not going to say like anything political, but what I will say <laughs> is that Courtney and I are two people that do not side with either political party. We, we side with what I call common sense and reason. And um, there are things that both 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 sides of the spectrum celebrate and choose not to celebrate. And some things we agree with, some things we don't agree with. What I will say is, is that this time of year has been set up, and a lot of people can think about it in negative or positive ways. But what I love most about this time of year is that from Halloween to Christmas, if you look at it the right way, you get to spend time with friends and family. You get to celebrate mm-hmm. and be thankful for the people in your life that you love and care about. And I think that's what's most important. I think I agree with you. It just is so beautiful. Like how, yeah, just, I agree with you. Yeah. It's uh, it doesn't have to be about 
people's mistakes in the past. It doesn't have to be about all that. And, and don't get me wrong. We need to be educated about that. Yeah. We need to learn from it. We right? do. Let's we do. From it. We do need to learn from it. Or like I said, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Thousand like percent. you have to learn from it and grow from it. But Dan Carlin says that too, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, cool for him. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like if you don't agree with what the holiday is about, like just make it almost like a day to celebrate. Like I know a lot of people with 4th of July, it's also a very touchy thing because they don't really necessarily agree with there. There there are parts of freedom that, that that aren't for everyone and aren't for everyone. Yeah. Painful. And it just is, it kind of is sucky, but like, even if you don't want to celebrate America and who we are, like, and you've lived here, like that's fine. Live your life. Like that's, you got to do what you got to do, but like still make it, you have the day off anyway from work. Most people do like still make it about like, maybe make it about family, make it, a, make yes. it about watermelon or fun popsicles or fireworks or like just, I don't know, make it whatever you want to be. Or if you want to make it about, I don't know if you want to protest for political injustice or like equality or like whatever you want to do, like make it about that. Like you don't have to make it. So just, I want to say Murphy. Yeah. Don't. All right. This is the last thing we're going to say. Then we're going to end this. We're gonna end this <laughs> I episode. just feel like we're just, a... we are, but here's the thing. Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> Hocus Pocus 2. Um, <sighs> oh, it's so hard to say this the right way, but I'm, I'm going to try my best. Um, when you, when you get an opportunity, choose to celebrate what you can. And if there's some part of something that you don't agree with, still choose to celebrate what you can and then do your best to learn from the mistakes of the past. And um, if nothing else, if nothing else, try your best to make it about people and about making your situation and the people around you better. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Favorite drinks, movie snacks. <laughs> that we um, gosh, we watch. Okay. So we actually, since we are both off work Friday morning, we both watched this in the morning. So I found this cute little bagel place on Uber Eats. You're going to have to order again. It might be a Call, Saturday I think it was like honestly. holy moly bagels. It was so good. Um, Here in Jacksonville. So and good. TJ got a steak, egg, and cheese yep. bagel sandwich um, on an Asiago bagel. I had an Asiago bagel. No, I had an Asiago everything bagel. 12 out of 10 um, with some strawberry jalapeno cream cheese. And we both had mimosas and just loved our life. It's weird because I think this is the first time we haven't eaten dinner. We ate breakfast when we watched the movie. Yeah, it was nice. It's kind of nice. And honestly, we tried to do it this week, but we just didn't feel like it, honestly, so we didn't. But one of these weeks, we're going to record on Saturday morning. We're going to do coffee instead. Normally, we have like cocktails and we talk, but one one Saturday, we're going to get up around like 9 or 10, and we're going to set up. We're going to do coffee, and we're going to record this. Yeah. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I had fun this time, though. Yeah, this is great. Hey, this has been a great episode. Um, I know oh, yeah. I know, you, I know you're my wife, but I really enjoy talking to you about things. Ditto, babe. Um, hey, why don't you tell our listeners what we have coming down the pipeline <laughs> in November? Ah, okay. She's excited. I'm excited about November. Ah! Okay, we have a lot of fun movies. Some movies I'm really excited about. Some that we haven't seen before or TJ hasn't seen before. I've seen them because I'm really bad whenever a new movie comes out. Well, I used to work like seven days a week. Yeah, so I would you- just watch movies without him and be like, SOL, dude. Like, watch it on your own time. I wanted to watch it, so I watched it. Um, okay. We are doing 
this is in order for the next month, like over the next four weeks. These are the next four movies now, in now, order that we're doing. Now, stay stay flexible with us. If for change. some reason something changes, when we have guests come on, sometimes we have to change dates around. But for the most part, this should be set I in think, stone. I think we should be fine. I think these are good. These should be good. Yeah. Okay. We have next week. We're doing Snow White. So I'm actually really excited about Snow White. I love Snow White. I love the old princess movies. I really do. I just feel like it's so... I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I am excited because I like Snow White. However, just like the old-timey animation, I know they're kind of like... It'll be touched up a little bit. It'll be be, better. Yeah, the retouching that Disney has done like with all their movies on Disney+, Plus, 12 out of 10. Just not a huge fan of the old-timey animation, personally. But it'll be fine. Okay. So Snow White next week, and then we're going to do Jungle Cruise. Yes, I'm excited about that one. With The Rock. So and uh, Emily, Blunt, and uh, Emily Blunt, John Krasinski's we love Jim. better half. We love Jim. We do. We love Emily Blunt, too. Oh, we She's love them in a quiet place. It's so they, Yeah, they good. did a fantastic job with that. They're like uh, they're an awesome couple. They're, they're awesome. Great. Okay. Um, TJ's never seen Jungle Cruise. I have not. I have. Whoops. Yeah, just like Hocus Pocus 2. She's already seen it. Sorry, we watched Hocus Pocus 2 on a girls' night. <laughs> Continue. And we had a nice fall cocktail. I know. I know, um, okay. I know. So, okay. So we're doing Snow White and then Jungle Cruise. And then I'm really excited about this. We try to do like family oriented, at least one or two family oriented movies this month since it's Thanksgiving and we want to celebrate family because that's what we do when we celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, Lilo and Stitch. Yes. We're going to do Lilo and Stitch. We have some fun guests, family. some near and dear friends that we just love so much. Um, My name's Stitch. I'm Stitch. <laughs> We're gonna watch Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we're also gonna watch Turning Red. We're going to talk about that. I'm excited that. for that one, too. We have not seen it, have heard a lot of mixed reviews on it, um, depending on, I guess, what side of the political scale you stand on. We've heard a lot of mixed things, but... Yeah. We're excited to I'm watch excited. it and talk about it. Um, yes. Obviously, I think Disney rarely gets it wrong with their movies, and so I'm excited to watch it and, Me too. and, uh, and get the perspective on it. Agreed. Yeah. Which November movie are you most excited about? Snow White. I love Snow White. I love the, I love the classics. I really do. I, we talked about this earlier. I like, I like old things. Um, yeah. I'm also really, really excited about Turning Red, though, and Jungle Cruise. And Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> You're just excited about all of them. I'm excited about all of them. I, I love Lilo and Stitch. It's such a comfort movie. Um, I love it so much. Yeah. We have guests coming on for that one, too. We do. We have two of our really good friends for Lilo and Stitch, so we are excited about that. Yes. Um, I think I'm most excited about Jungle Cruise. I get really excited when I we watch movies that I have seen, but TJ is has not. Because she wants to see my reaction. I, most of the time, don't even end up watching the actual movie. I just watch whatever I know a good part or like a fun, interesting twist or plot like thing is happening. Like I watch TJ instead of the movie because I want to see his genuine reaction. And I think it's fun. She does. Yeah. Okay. We've been talking for a long time. Yeah. Let's wrap this puppy up. Hey, listen, uh, (laughs) friends, happy magical Monday. Happy Halloween. If you're actually listening on Monday, um, we hope that you celebrate with your family. We hope that you, um, have all the spooky fun, eat all the candy corn, go trick or treating, dress up, have a great time. Hot take. Candy corn or the little candy pumpkins? I like them both. Which one's your favorite? Oh, they're just literally the same candy, just in different shapes. So I like them both. I like the pumpkins. Don't yeah, I really like the candy corn? They're literally the same candy. Okay, they're not anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
back to my uh, back to my monologue out. Um, okay. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Um, yeah, we, we love you guys. We love you guys so much. Um, we uh, we just love that you listen. I, I know I say it a lot. We just love that you listen. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, being a part of this journey with us. Um, thanks for loving Disney as much as we do. And uh, Courtney, any closing thoughts? No. Where can they find us? <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Wish Upon a Sparks. You can email us if you have any comments, concerns, issues, or tissues at Wish Upon a Sparks at gmail.com. Um, issues or tissues. It just is a whole thing. You got to keep rhyming. I know. Um, well, bye, friends. Happy Magical Monday. Happy Magical Happy Monday. Halloween. Happy Halloween. And we will see you next week for, for Snow White. Super excited. Bye, friends. Bye.